first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kyla, from Boston, Massachusetts. Today we will be talking about Minions, The Rise of Gru, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Elvis, Mr. Malcolm's List, Brian and Charles, and Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. First, we will be reviewing Minions, The Rise of Gru with Micah. Hi, Micah. Hi. So what are your overall thoughts on this film? I thought this film was so humorous and I really just enjoyed it because I'm actually a fan of Minions and Despicable Me. So I was really anticipating another one of these movies and it really fulfilled my expectations, honestly exceeded them because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's honestly so good when like sequels um, and films that come out after the original still live up to your expectations. Exactly. And so kind of, like you said about it reaching your expectations, do you think that you have to have seen the previous Minions movies to understand and enjoy this one? I think that there are references in the movies that will be better understood if you've seen the previous movies, but you can still enjoy it if you just watch it like without seeing the other ones, but it's definitely helpful. Yeah, that's nice. So what is the storyline of this film? So Minions, The Rise of Gru is about how Gru, which is the main character, the villain, came to be the villain he is today. So it talks about how he grew up and what inspired him to become this great villain. So in the movie, after he's rejected by a supervillain group, Vicious Six, that he looks up to, he finds himself on the run and he becomes mentored by his favorite villain, who he was actually trying to replace in the Vicious Six, Six called Wild Knuckles. So after they're on the run from Vistage Six and fighting against them, he realizes that he needs to rely on his friends and his family and his minions to help him through whatever challenges come his way and how he just grows up to be this iconic villain that we all know today. Yeah, that sounds like a really good prequel storyline. It was. It was really enjoyable. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the main characters in Minions, The Rise of Gru and how you relate to them? So first we have Gru, which is, like I said, the main villain. He's really, he keeps to himself and he's really mysterious, but he also, I feel like he has the power to take over the world, which he wants to do. Um, He wants to be the greatest villain ever. And I can relate to like that sense of like you long for something better and bigger for your life. So I feel even though I might not want to be a villain, I can relate to that sort of idea. And also the minions, the three main, the three main um, minions, Kevin, Stewart and Bob, they're just so funny and so cute. And it's really fun to watch them, you know, play a part in how, Gru becomes who he is today and it's just great to have people you can rely on and fall back on for any support and then we have the vicious six and those characters each have their own traits and personalities that really play an important role 
And I think in a friend group, like in real life, it's really important to not all be the same person, to have different character traits that can play a part in what you guys do right now and in the future and how successful you all are. Yeah, it's great when characters are super relatable because you can kind of embody the characters and know what they're experiencing to kind of relate to the film more. Right. So what do you think is the primary theme or message of this film? I think that the main message is that everyone needs a little help sometimes. Even if you're a really independent person like Gru, you still need someone that you can rely on. And if you ever run into trouble that you can call and they'll answer and they'll help you through whatever you need. Like Gru, he didn't think he needed the minions. He felt like he can do it all by himself. But towards the end and when he's running away from the vicious six and he he then realizes that he needs them and that's how he is so supported and he's growing and he becomes who he is yeah that character development when there's characters that really develop throughout the film I think is really important for a good movie yes it really is and Gru definitely grows to be that kind of person I mean even even in the previous movies you know he's still kind of closed off but he still grows up to be, you know, accepting a little more help. Yeah, so what is your age recommendation in star rating? I recommend this film for ages 5 to 18 plus adults because it's really nostalgic. Like I said, the first Minions movie, I think, was in 2010. So I feel like um, older and younger audiences will enjoy it. And I rate it 5 out of 5 stars. Yeah, this sounds like an amazing movie. So where and when can we watch this film? This movie comes out on Friday, and you can watch it in movie theaters. Yay, I will definitely check this out. Thank you. No problem. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Minions, The Rise of Gru, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Elvis, Mr. Malcolm's List, Brian and Charles, and Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Right now, we're reviewing Marcel the Shell with Shoes On with Madeline. Hi, Madeline. Hi. So what is the story of Marcel the Shell with Shoes On? It's about this shell whose his friends mysteriously disappeared, and his grandmother, Connie, and a person named Dean that's interviewing him, like kind of making a documentary about him and his life. Oh, so it's kind of like a film about someone creating a documentary? Yeah, and it's about Marcel and how he goes through his life. That sounds like a really unique film. Yeah, it is. So what is your favorite part about this film? My favorite part is probably Marcel. He's just so cute and funny. And he always makes you smile but he's kind of serious too. Yeah, when one particular character is very developed and relatable, it really helps to move the film along. It's great that a character is a favorite part of a film because that really shows how strong and realistic of a character he is. Yeah. So overall, why do you think people should watch Marcel the Shell with Shoes On? I think they should watch it because it's full of emotion. I think everyone would relate to it because it's, it has like 
stuff for people that are lonely and for people that like want to get famous on TV or something um, that they want to do or that they don't want to do. It's just for everyone. Yeah, it sounds like it reaches out to all audiences and kind of has a um, vantage point so that each different audience and interest topic can kind of relate to the film and be more interested in it. Yeah. So how do you think the acting is in Marcel the Shell Shoes On? Well, since most of the main characters are claymation and we never really see Dean, um, I think it's really good because... The voiceover work is amazing, and the voices are really amazing, too. I feel like the characters and the acting is just overall, it makes you feel like you're there. Oh, yeah, that is the main element that really grabs viewers in, just to have it be like, feels like you're really there. So what were your expectations going into this film and how do you think the reality kind of compared to your expectations? I think that um, my expectations were, I thought since in the very beginning it was a short and it took a long time to make the movie about seven years, I was thinking it'd be really great. And I think they achieved that. It was one of the best movies I've seen. Yeah, that's awesome. So what genres would you kind of think that this film falls under? Um, definitely, it's kind of a documentary. And it's definitely real life because it's filmed like a documentary. But um, I don't think it exactly is one. So it's kind of a fictional documentary of making a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so unique. I love how this is kind of such a new twist on the movies that we see nowadays. It's nice when something new and kind of exciting happens. Yeah. So what age recommendation and star rating do you give Marcella Shell with shoes on? I definitely get, give it 6 to 18 plus adults because I feel like everyone will love it. And everyone will feel like they can relate to something with it. Yeah, and where and when can we watch Marcel the Shell with Shoes on? Because I'm very interested at, after this review. Um, it has, it came out on June 23rd, 2022 in select theaters in certain cities. Thank you for talking with me today, Madeline. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. 
We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Minions The Rise of Gru, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Elvis, Mr. Malcolm's List, Brian and Charles, and Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, the underground rock experience. Next up, we will be switching over to review Elvis with Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi, Kyla. How are you? Great. How are you? Good, good. So to start us off here, what is the story of Elvis? Well, Elvis is told from the point of view of his manager, Colonel Parker, who he's dying. And so he wants all of us to know his life story and the life story that Elvis had. So we meet Elvis when he's, I want to say about in his early twenties and we get to see him grow. Then he has to leave to the military, the death of his mother and just how he meets Priscilla and he has his daughter and how he rises to fame and this whole story of how his life was never really his. And we just see his entire life up until the moment that he passes away. It was a really exciting, very eccentric movie. So it kind of feels like we're in Elvis's head instead of the Colonel's. So it's it's a great form of storytelling. That sounds like a really emotional storyline. Not what I re- really expect coming from like a famous musician, but it just goes to show that not everything is just like how it seems. Oh, especially with Elvis. I mean, I always thought that he was just this huge figure and then now I watch this movie and it's like after I watched that I wanted to know more of him because he's such this interesting person who he never had control of his life and it's crazy to think how a huge celebrity how he became so big he was probably like he kind of commanded the world and that he still couldn't do what he wanted that's so interesting and the the creators and Baz Luhrmann the director really put that to the forefront which makes this movie so much better. Yeah, and so besides from that kind of like discovering new things, do you have things that you particularly like strongly liked or disliked about this film? Oh, I there wasn't one thing that I didn't like about it. I mean, it was just all amazing all around, like especially because like I wasn't an Elvis fan before I saw this movie. I mean, I knew of him. But this movie like introduced him to me in the way that I feel like I've known him for years and that I know him personally just because how deep it goes and this creative form of putting rap music, modern rap music and 
using rock and roll created by Elvis. So there's like classics and new music, which is really great. And it moves the story along. There was a lot of kind of like VFX and like the cinematography kind of looks like you're in the story and it looks kind of, I don't know how to say it. It looks very interactive. You, it's one of those things that you just have to see for yourself to understand. And the acting was absolutely amazing. Austin Butler, my God, he deserves an Oscar for that. He's absolutely amazing. And it feels so effortless, but at the same time, you can tell how much work everyone put into it. It's just that good. The fact that all the aspects in a, what, like hour and a half movie made you feel like you've known Elvis for years is really amazing. Yes, it, it because the story was that fleshed out, it felt so detailed and I felt like like the story was being told to me, not to a million other people. It felt very specific. It knew what it wanted to do. It knew how it wanted to tell the story, how it wanted to use Elvis's music and everything was just on point. It sounds like an amazing film. I'm really interested now. <laughs> you should really watch it. You're going to love it. Watch it with your family. Maybe they're Elvis parent, Elvis, uh, Elvis fans. But even if they're not, they're going to love it because it's, it's such a great movie. Yeah. So what is the main message that this film kind of conveys? To live your life for yourself. Because Elvis, when he was younger, his mom used to tell him, you can't live your life for anyone else. You have to do it for you. And even up until Elvis was 42, he was living a life that everybody else wanted to. He never did one single thing for himself. And his life went through and it it passed him by and he lost his years and he passed away, never choosing his own path. And that's really sad because we're not here for a long time and we have to appreciate the time that we've got and just do what we want. That is a very deep message. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so what age recommendation and star rating would you give Elvis? I'd give it 12 to 18 plus adults because this is like it would be a great movie for like older families who really enjoy Elvis or just love music in general and I gave it five out of five stars I'd give it 10 if I could but I can't so it's five <laughs> <laughs> so where and when can we watch Elvis well it released last week last Friday in theaters so it's everywhere so enjoy it yeah I'm definitely going to go check this out <laughs> yes I'll, and please like let me know if you like it because it's one of those movies that you have to see it in theaters yeah I I definitely will awesome. thank you for speaking with me of course thank you for having me you are listening to kids first coming attractions today we're talking about minions the rise of Gru, marcel the shell with shoes on elvis mr malcolm's list Brian and Charles, and Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Right now, we're switching over to review Mr. Malcolm's List with Heather. Hi again. Hi again. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your overall feelings on Mr. Malcolm's List? I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like a kind of like adequate movie. I mean, you have to know what you're going into. It's going to be like this Regency era kind of movie. It's going to be really cute, very, it's very glamorous that's the word I was looking for it's very very glamorous it's kind of like if you've ever seen Bridgerton it's kind of like a show like that with a lots of beautiful costumes and music and the storyline kind of follows the same on like romance and kind of like enemies to friends to lovers so it's it's really cute 
um yeah it was it was a very adequate film Mm. So you mentioned that the storyline kind of based around romance. So can you give us some details on the plot? So it's this young lady, her name is Julia. And this is in society where society is just reigning and everybody has an opinion about everything. And Julia, she's this lady and she wants to get married because that's the only thing that people would do back then. They would get married. And this man, Mr. Malcolm, he has a list of requirements that his future wife must have and he limits them based on these qualities and julia is falling for mr malcolm but she doesn't meet one of his requirements and so what does he do he embarrasses her in society's newspaper where everybody's reading everything and she gets really embarrassed so what she does is she plots her revenge on him and then her friend comes and helps her, but then her friend starts to fall in love with Mr. Malcolm. So she's going to try and change his whole perspective on having a list and requirements. Wow, that seems like a drama-filled plot. <laughs> it is, but it has its like its comedic moments. That's what I like about this kind of English Regency humor. If you watch like uh, these kind of historical period shows they always fit like this witty comedy into it so it's like it's a lot like Bridgerton in that sense of like back and forth comedy which is something that the British really have and it's just very entertaining to keep it up because it keeps you on your toes but yes there's a lot of drama in it yeah so you mentioned that the actors are very good at pulling off the comedy so overall is the acting in Mr. Malcolm's list as you would expect it to be Everyone was really good. I just, I'm I'm kind of like confused because uh, the main actress, uh, the girl that plays Julia, her name is Zoe. And like, I didn't understand exactly how her character was meant to be because you can tell that she's kind of like dramatic-y and she's very over the top and she's kind of obnoxious, which is kind of trying to make us see like, this is why Mr. Malcolm doesn't want her. But I felt like Zoe's acting wasn't really in it. So I couldn't tell if she was going halfway with this performance of I'm supposed to be really obnoxious, but I'm not quite there yet. So I didn't really feel like she was that nice or she was that obnoxious. She was just kind of there. So I kind of felt like a little bit annoying and I couldn't really relate to her. So I don't know. I don't feel like the directions with her were to go all the way. So it was kind of like like a mediocre portrayal of this character I didn't really understand what they were going for there it's not really clear but everybody else was really really great um uh, the man that plays James uh he was amazing um all of them were really really great actors I just felt like they kind of didn't direct Zoe as well as they should have yeah, the acting does sound great except for that little confusion <laughs> yeah I I wish that it would have because if you're making a movie, you got to go all the way with it. And if you don't, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, that's too bad because it sounds like a great movie otherwise. It really was. I really enjoyed it. Um, Everything else, it's just because like I have in my head Bridgerton, which is like a much bigger scale of Regency. So it's kind of set the bar. But Mr. Malcolm's, this is like a pretty like not lower budget, but a much more relaxed version of that. So it's enjoyable, but again, adequate. That's all I got to say. <laughs> so you've mentioned that you kind of like the comedy and some of the acting is really good, but are 
Do you have some other favorite aspects of this film? The clothing. I love the clothing. That they really did go all the way in. That the wardrobe is beautiful. It really transports us to this Regency era. Beautiful dresses, a lots, lots and lots of glamour. Each character has their own style. So even though this is like a form of clothing that they used to wear, each one is still divisible by each other. Like you can tell who's who and it really it, it really elevates their character, which is interesting. And that's the best part about wardrobe. It adds to the character, which is important. Yeah, it's really cool when a small aspect of a film that like seems small, but in some films or some TV shows really brings out certain aspects of characters or things like that. Exactly. So what age recommendation and star rating do you give Mr. Malcolm's List? I would give it a 14 to 18 plus adults. And I would give it, I'd give it a four out of five stars because like, you know, it was a good movie. You just have to like that kind of stuff. And just again, you have to go in with this idea in your head, knowing what this movie is going to serve you and not have like huge expectations on it. Yeah, it kind of sounds like geared toward like specific audiences but maybe not quite as good for audiences who are just going in there just wanting to see a movie exactly it's more like the the Downton Abbey family like that's that's pretty (laughs) much like the audience that it's like geared towards yeah so where and when can we watch Mr. Malcolm's List if we did want to check it out it's in theaters July 1st which is this Friday which is exciting Yeah, I might check this out. I'm definitely going to like look into it some more before I go see it, but it sounds interesting. You really should. I think you'd like it. It's it's a very chill movie. It's it's a nice comfort movie. Yeah. Thank you for talking with me about Mr. Malcolm's List. Of course, Kyla. Thank you. Yeah. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Minions, The Rise of Brew, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Elvis, Mr. Malcolm's List, Brian and Charles, 
and Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Next up, we will be listening to Hanadi's interview with David Earle and Chris Hayward about Brian and Charles. Hi, I'm Hanadi, reporting for Kids First. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with writer and actors David Earle and Chris Hayward about their new comedy sci-fi film, Brian and Charles. Mr. Earle and Mr. Hayward have undeniable on-screen chemistry. Brian and Charles is a quirky comedy that reminds us that even the most unconventional friendships have value. Let's talk with Mr. Earl and Mr. Hayward about Brian and Charles. Thank you, Mr. Earl, and thank you, Mr. Hayward, for joining me on the show. Question number one. Mr. Earl, it's my understanding that you performed Brian and Charles on stage for many years before the film Brian and Charles. How did you know it was time to take this character to the big screen? Um, well, we... We've been doing it. We've been doing Brian and Charles for two or three. I've been doing Brian for quite a few years, then Brian and Charles for two or three years. And we kind of run out of steam. And we we wanted to put, just make a short movie and put it on YouTube and then move on to the next project. But we really loved the characters. We wanted to just, just kind of immortalize them so, to put it on YouTube. And then we made this short and it got a really lovely feedback. And then Film 4 said, do you want to try and make a movie? Well, yes, please. Yeah. Mr. Hayward, the character Charles is such a simple yet dynamic character. As an actor, what was it like bringing this to life? Well, it's quite difficult because it's basically a cardboard box. So I couldn't really see anything in it. I was always bumping into things. I was often tripping over. I had to have a lot of people to help me uh, move me around and get me into, into position. So... Yeah, it was a fun experience, but I couldn't really see anything while I was doing it. A reoccurring theme of this film is loneliness and friendship. What do you hope viewers learn about the companionship from watching Brian and Charles? Well, I hope they learn that having a friend is the best thing you can have and that friends are important. Yeah, and I hope they giggle a lot. Giggle a lot. Yeah, I hope they laugh their tummies off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The film was shot in mockumentary style. And is a sci-fi comedy that could have not been easy to pull off. But your team did an exceptional job. What challenges do you have to overcome to make this film? Well, the weather in Wales where we filmed it was particularly bad because we filmed it in the winter in Wales. So there was a lot of bad storms and stuff sometimes. Um, and for me, I was yeah, for me personally, uh, it was a matter of just walking in. Walking in a straight line was hard enough for me because I couldn't see anything as a robot. I, I, was, I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> can't watch this film and not feel a connection to Brian and Charles. They feel so real. When creating these characters, where do you draw the inspiration from? Mm, good question. Where did we get our inspiration from? Well, uh, I mean, kind of, um, for instance, Eddie, we wanted to have a threat in the movie and uh, an outside threat and we kind of we'd both grown up in the countryside so we, we sort of chat about what what sort of person or people would have an interest in charles and what would they do if they knew he existed and so there were some uh people that we um remembered from our past who might who might think about stealing him and <laughs> destroying him <laughs> so yeah uh. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Minions, The Rise of Gru, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Elvis, 
Mr. Malcolm Slist, Brian and Charles, and Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Right now, we're continuing listening to Hanadi's interview with David Earle and Chris Hayward about Ryan and Charles. If you can do this all over again, is there anything you would do differently? Uh, I would wear some extra thick socks because my feet were always very cold. And um, I'd, I'd take some more food inside the box with me so I could eat uh, while between takes. I'd wear less socks because my feet were toasty. Ah, <laughs> we should have swapped socks. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what would we do differently? Um, I don't know, really. I guess we've learned stuff along the way, but it feels like a lot of it is trial and error and you're just, you're just following your gut and trusting your instinct and crossing your fingers. So probably not a lot different, really. Brian and Charles have so many one-on-one interactions. Which Brian and Charles scene is your favorite? Well, you can't really go wrong with they just dancing together because that's that just a lot of, it's a lot of fun to perform and it, it's so silly. And we knew it looked pretty silly. Uh, so that's just a matter of uh, dancing. So and any, anyone can do that. Yeah, I think one of my favorite scenes is them just cooking lunch in the, in the kitchen and not a lot happening really. <laughs> <laughs> just seeing a saucepan boiling and Charles, Charles waiting patiently. Yeah, to eat some cabbage. Yeah, so seeing them do the mundane things in life, I really enjoy. Is there anything you would add to this film? Um, hmm. What would we add? Uh, I'd add some more food on the set so we could eat some more food. <laughs> yeah, uh, good question. Um, what would we add? That's too good a question. You know what? What, I, what I'd add practically is a uh, we had to get changed. Where we got changed in our costumes, it was it was a cow shed, and so the floor was always soaking wet. So we would be trying to get changed, balancing on one leg, so to keep our costumes dry. So maybe I'd add a solid a solid wooden floor <laughs> to the you set. Yeah, I would add because in between scenes it was it was really cold and damp there, and in between scenes I'd have to sit in this room in the cottage. It was cold and damp so i'd add a, a nice warm room with a nice heater yeah or a nice big log fire that's what i'd yeah. add yeah so just like a nice comfortable place to relax in between shots exactly that yeah. yeah but the producer rupert didn't really care about <laughs> yeah. he wanted to well <laughs> yeah. yeah okay what advice do you have for aspiring filmmakers who aspire to create work in this genre well, I would say uh, just practice your craft as much as possible. So if you're a writer, you need to just keep writing and writing, just getting better and better at it, because that's the only way you're going to improve. And the same goes for, yeah, if you're a filmmaker, you just have to start filming stuff. Last question. If our audience wanted to follow your journey as a writer, director, or producer, how would they do that? Mm, I would say try and be yourself as much as possible. And uh, now there are so many different ways to get noticed as well. Uh, you know, putting things on YouTube, online, there are so many ways you can make little short films and get yourself noticed. So I would explore all those different avenues. Thank you for talking with me, Mr. Earl and Mr. Hayward about Brian and Charles. Brian and Charles will be released in theaters June 17th, 2022. I'm Hanadi reporting for Kids First. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel to stay informed about upcoming films. Thank you. Let's take a break. 
I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Minions, The Rise of Gru, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Elvis, Mr. Malcolm's List, Ryan and Charles, and Naked Rorat. Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Next up, we will be listening to Hanadi's interview with Mo Willems, Tom Warburton, and Deborah Wicks on Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Hi, I'm Hanadi, reporting for Kids First. And today, we're on the red carpet for the Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Let's go talk with some of the cast. I am such a fan of your work. I love the fascinating stories you tell with their colorful characters. Where'd you get the idea for them? Oh, that's a good question. So ideas are not things you get, like toys. Ideas are things you grow, like plants. So I have something called an idea garden. You might call it a notebook. And I put in all these little seeds of thoughts, and I go back and I sketch and I draw, and then sometimes they grow. And when you want to make a movie like this, you have lots of gardens. So I have friends, I've got animators and other writers and dramaturgs and actors, and we all work together tending this garden until it is this big piece of art. have such an admirable career. As number one's New York Times bestseller author and illustrator, winning numerous awards for your children's books, what made you feel like it was time to move into animated productions? Oh, that's a good question as well. Well, you may not know, but I started out as an animator. I made animated films for Sesame Street, probably when your parents were watching, a long, long time ago. And so I'm now in this movie working with friends of mine that I've worked with for 30 years in animation. So I took a break and I just felt like this story was so big, so exciting, that I wanted it to be like an animated special. You have such an amazing career. 
What can you tell us about your creative process when composing for the Naked Mole Rack Get Stressed the Underground Rock Experience? Well, the first thing we do is we knew we wanted to create a rock musical. We knew that the power and the subversiveness of rock was perfect for these characters. So we made a playlist of our favorite rock songs and we just danced around and we sang and, and uh, we kind of got inspired by that and that's where we started from. And then, you know, we talk about the characters, what's the energy of this moment, and and then we just started writing the songs. That's so cool. So, so just so like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes, it takes a while to go from what the inspiration is, who are the characters, what's the moment, what's the energy of that moment, you know. So that's, that's what you have to do for every musical, for every song. What is it like to work on a daily basis with the directors, the talent, and the animators on such a film? Well, it was really interesting because this show was put together during the pandemic. So we started, now we, now the show had already existed as a theatrical show, but we adapted it right at the start of like March 2020. So this whole process of turning it into an animated musical was done during the pandemic. So it was all virtual, all over Zoom. I got to work with these amazing singers from my house, you know, from my garage, basically, on Zoom. So I would be working with a superstar like Jordan Fisher, and then I'd have to go feed my cat. You know, it's very surreal. But uh, we did it. We did it. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Minions, The Rise of Gru, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Elvis, Mr. Malcolm's List, Brian and Charles, and Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Right now, we're continuing listening to Hanadi's interview with Mo Willems, Tom Warburdun, and Deborah Wicks on Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, The Underground Rock Experience. Is there one particular piece of music in this film that you are most proud of? One of my favorite songs is called Time to Get Dressed, which is sung by the amazing Jordan Fisher. And what I love about the song, it's very emotional. And I remember when I was writing it, I would start crying all the time because it's about being true to yourself and kind of discovering who you really are. And then also having the courage to live that life. You've animated, written, and produced some of kids' favorite series. What inspired you to work in children's television? I've always, I, growing up, I always loved cartoons. So the idea of actually getting to make cartoons was like the coolest thing in the world. So when I was in college, I decided, you know, I'm gonna make cartoons, but I didn't think I was good enough. I thought you had to be the ultimate artist and then you had to make it move. But then a friend said, if that's what you really wanna do, that's what you gotta do. And here I am. One particular mentor who coached you or inspired you along the way. Not one. I mean, all like all along through my career, I had different people who were who guided me through uh, through my learning process of animation. My first uh, when I was in college, I had a teacher, Dr. Shantz, who was really important to me. My high school art teacher, uh, Mr. Arnold, was great. My first job was at a place called Buzzco, and I had uh, two people there, Vinny and Candy, who really like sat down with me every night and taught me animation. J.J. Settlemeyer was another studio I worked at, and all those people like helped me along the way. And Mo, you know, Mo and I have been mentors to each other about like making, you know, telling stories. Oh, so, was he just what? It's a bunch of mentors. No, a lot of mentors, and and that's the goal to have all these different people teaching you different things about what you love doing. Yeah. For kids who are aspiring animators, 
What words of wisdom do you have to share with them about how to get started? Draw, draw every chance you get, write, tell stories. Like really animation is about storytelling. You know, they call, uh, they call you know, uh, animators storytellers with a pencil. Like you're trying to like tell so many, so many different stories from different points of view. So, so watch movies, read books, go places, do things, soak all that in. And then start telling stories with the stuff that you that you've, you've experienced. When you are developing shows for a younger audience, what are some of the things that you feel are most important? Building a world that they want to be involved in. Like Kids Next Door is really about like you can make you can make your you can be your own operator. You can be number one hundred sixty-two, eleven hundred, and you're in Sector J, and you specialize in two by four te technology. So. I like to build these worlds where everyone can be included. And make a mole rat, you can be a mole in that colony too. And you can decide whether you want to wear clothes or not. And that's what I love about telling stories, is making something that everyone can feel a part of. I absolutely Okay, thank you so it's much. It's a pleasure, thank you so much. Thank you so much for talking You're good to all my questions. Thank you. I'm Hanadi, reporting for Kids First. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel to stay informed about upcoming films. Thank you, bye. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm Kyla from Boston, Massachusetts, reporting for Kids First. Bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.